Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. All right, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast on this Thanksgiving week here in the United States as we pause to remember and give thanks to God for His blessings in our lives. So we want to thank you for joining us as we join together uh, following Jesus and draw strength from Him to fly like an eagle. Today, as we think about, as we remember, as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, I want to give you a little quiz here, just one question quiz, and that's this. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in what year? And I'll even give you five possibilities so you don't have to think of one on your own. 1776, 1621, 1914, 1863, or 1942. What year was the first Thanksgiving celebrated? 1776, 1621, 1914, 1863, or 1492. All right. Well, while you're thinking about that, I want to talk about a a guy that has come to mean a lot to me because of God's work in his life, and the guy's name is Squanto. You may or may not have heard of the story of Squanto. If you have not heard of the story, hang on. It's an amazing story. You'll be blessed to hear it. You might have seen, I don't know, the Disney film, Squanto, A Warrior's Tale from 1994. If you've seen that movie, then you are now officially completely uninformed and completely misled with regard to the story of Squanto. That film is almost complete fiction, and it's a real shame because the real story Uh, Well, the real story is a fairy tale that combines with history and the wonderful work of God in the life of Squanto. Squanto, the real story is that he was part of the Patuxet tribe, and that tribe lived just south of what today we call Boston. And one day when Squanto was about 10 to 15 years old, about 1605, he and his friends were hunting for lobsters along the shore, and there suddenly appeared a giant ship on the horizon. There had been many ships coming in and out of the horizon in that day, but this one proved to be a turning point in the life of Squanto and his friends, the Pawtuxet tribe. To make a long story short, Squanto and his uh, friends, his young braves, were taken captive by the explorers. So uh, there you go. Uh, certainly not a good thing. They were taken in Europe to chains. Uh, in chains, and they were sold into slavery. Well, the others were sold into slavery. Squanto was, as it turns out, uh, rescued from slavery. God had other plans for him. Squanto was bought by some Spanish monks and taken to their monastery, and they taught him Spanish, and they also taught him about this God named Jesus. Well, Squanto had a desire to reunite with his family, as you can imagine, and so the monks got him to England with the hopes that he could get on the next ship home. In England, he lived with a merchant named John Slaney and his family, and they welcomed him into their home. They taught him English, and there he continued his growth in the Christian faith. Meanwhile, of course, he still wanted to get back home to his real home, his real family, the Patuxets. And so finally, after five years, the Slaney's found room for Squanto on a ship going to the New World, and he sailed back to his tribe in 1619. It had been 14 years since Squanto had last seen any of his family, and you can imagine his excitement as a 25-, 30-year-old guy ready to get off this uh, ship, meet his family, find out uh, what had happened in their lives. He got off the boat, and it turned out the whole Patuxet tribe was gone. 
They had been wiped out likely by some sort of virus, smallpox, something like that, uh, that had come from the old world into the new world. Their homes were gone. Their farms were overgrown. There was not even a dog living in what was formerly a thriving community. Squanto's life had gone from bad to worse. You can imagine his devastation. What was this God doing, this God to whom the Europeans had introduced him? So alone and distraught, he wound up um, hooking up with a neighboring tribe and spent the next year with them. Meanwhile, a group of English Puritans who had had various run-ins with the church authorities set sail from England to Virginia in 1620, and there was a series of mishaps. The two ships wound up combining into one ship. That last remaining ship was called the Mayflower, and after a series of delays, the Mayflower Mayflower finally made it across the Atlantic Ocean by November of 1620. However, it turned out they didn't wind up anywhere near Virginia. They wound up much further north in what we today would call Cape Cod. Because it was winter and impossible to make homes on land at that time, this group of 102 settlers lived on the Mayflower throughout the winter. And by March of 1621, half of them had died. In the spring of 1621, the remaining settlers headed to shore. Meanwhile, on March 22, 1621, Squanto went to visit his old home. Why, we don't know. Maybe to mourn, maybe to reminisce, something. And he was stunned to walk out of the woods and find a struggling community of European settlers from a ship called, you guessed it, the Mayflower, beginning to eke out an existence where his family had once lived. Imagine their surprise when this Indian walks out of the camp, walks into the camp, and says to them in English, get this, good morning. My name is Quanto. Here is a person who knew the land, who knew how to farm the land, who knew how to fish the seas, and he spoke English. That spring and summer and fall were a gift from God to this little colony. And by that fall, the pilgrims decided to give thanks to God for his merciful blessings. When the great day came, Squanto showed up with 90 warriors from his adopted tribe, carrying five deer, dozens of fat wild turkeys, and all sorts of vegetables. The native Indians outnumbered the settlers two to one. And Governor William Bradford is recorded to have led the prayers that day, and he recorded them in his memories. He said, thank you, Lord, for sending Squanto to us. We know that your hand has been on him through all of his trials, and you have prepared him to be our guide and our friend in time of great need. Squanto is your living answer to our tears and prayers, unquote. Wow, what a story. So what are things I would like us to take home today? Here's two things. First of all, I hope as you finish off your Thanksgiving celebrations this week that you have learned something about that first giving of thanks by those settlers from the Mayflower. I hope the story of Squanto has given you something more to be thankful for, a greater appreciation of God's hand of blessing over our nation. For all the troubles that we have as a nation, all the sinners who live here, yet we have experienced God's hand of blessing in so many ways. And second and finally this, that what happened to Squanto should put the things that we suffer in a different perspective. There is a God who oversees the world. There is a God in whose eyes you are precious. There is a God who is watching over you. It's possible that some of us listening have been taken captive and enslaved in a foreign land like Squanto. But it's more likely, depending on who you are, who you are, that your ancestors may have been, 
but that we have not been. Nevertheless, it is not only highly likely, but certain that from time to time, bad things, even tragic things, have happened to us. This story of Squanto should remind us that God is still at work, that he's not forgotten you. He's not lost up there in the heavens. He provided for Squanto. And he who provided for Squanto and provided for the pilgrims, he who has given his own son, Jesus, will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give you all things? The scriptures are clear with that promise. God's provision for you today, this week, may not be obvious. It may not even be obvious this year, but his provision is sure. His hand is at work. By the way, back to that original question of when the first Thanksgiving was, the pilgrims never actually called their fall festival Thanksgiving. In fact, though, throughout the early history of the colonies and the United States, there were many, many days of Thanksgiving proclaimed, but it wasn't until 1863 that Abraham Lincoln, in the midst of the Civil War, proclaimed a proclamation the day of national Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November, and that day has stuck from that point on. And so, at that time, we had our truly first day of national Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November. So if you answered 1863 to that quiz earlier as the first Thanksgiving, you were right, sort of. Uh, but then again, if you answered 1621, you were right, sort of. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. That's what we have for you. We encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know the ways in which you give thanks, and possible other topics that you might want us to discuss here on the podcast. Remember, as we close, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly on wings like eagles, the national bird of the United States. Thanks for listening today to the podcast.